0: You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent.
1: We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry.
0: Pulse Welcome to, to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the check show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. What's up, Serge? What's going on, man? You ready to do this, man? Let's do it. What is it like pointing a gun at Denzel Washington? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. So...
1: I honestly did not even know that that was going to happen. So I got onto set. It was my first time ever on a on a film set and they had what are called stand-ins. I know now that they're called stand-ins. So it was a dude that resembled Denzel Washington. Like mm-hmm. he looked just like him. And so we spent maybe 2 or 3 hours of me aiming a Uzi at this like random dude that I didn't even know was going to be Denzel Washington. Like they told Oh, us.
0: hold on. So you're you're on set. Yeah. And they're like we're going to have you point a a machine gun at a man at a they man. didn't tell you who it was going to be. You're just practicing pointing it at a random guy. Right. Okay. And I thought that that's why they
1: hired me that day is like, "Oh, I resemble a goon, like I got my my Russian, Russian goon." Russian goon. Yeah. That's what that's what the um the headline said for for the ad when they wanted, you know, actors. It said like looking for Russian goons with tattoos, and one of my friends submitted me. And next thing, you know, I'm I'm there, I'm aiming this gun at this dude. And so we did it for like two or three hours, and then all of a sudden, they um, they tell us to go against the wall, and there's like the, the gun technician- Where is this, by the way? This is in Boston. Okay. It's in Boston. It's at like a factory, so they they rented it out. Okay. Columbia Pictures rented it out. So they have us up against the wall, and uh, the gun technician empties. He, he takes out the clips, and uh, we have the clips out, and we don't know what's going on, but they have- random people walking in and looking inside the clips making sure that there's no like live rounds it's, right. it's called the gun check I'm standing there in walks Denzel Washington and I'm like what what what's, what's Denzel Washington doing here yeah and Denzel Washington there's in. no
0: mistake in him either
1: no 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 It's, it's yeah. Den, he looks exactly like how he looks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's him you
0: know? yeah like there's no mistaking
1: and, and he's like what and he's confused he's like what the heck what are we doing and the gun technician's like, "Oh, it's a gun check." And Denzel looks at us. He's like, "Man, I trust y'all." And he just walks away. <laughs> Doesn't even look at the at the clips. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then what? So then. So
1: then they're like, "All right, we're doing this." Like literally, thirty seconds later, they're like, "We're doing this." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 what, wait. What do you mean we're doing this?" And they're like, "We're we're doing what you've been practicing." So they do the scene with the dude that looked like Denzel, except it's actually Denzel, and it's like rolling cameras, action and i didn't even have time to process that i'm like a cat when i when when he walks into a room like i need to kind of absorb the environment first mm-hmm. before i feel comfortable i'm super uncomfortable so i'm aiming a, a gun at denzel washington like live on camera and i had to convince myself before i like busted out laughing or lost lost my cool i literally i told myself i'm like pretend denzel killed your grandmother like feel those angry emotions because if if i did not feel that i would have just i would have just lost it yeah,
0: like you because oh like the moment of being like i'm pointing a gun at denzel washington like you start overthinking it and yeah. you're like what is happening right like is this life like it's
1: not that simple you know it's, it's <laughs> not that, it's not that easy to just just hold a gun at someone like that you know what i mean like training day i'm, I'm such a big fan he's one of my favorite actors and yeah to just aim a gun at the dude <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> you know? so tell everyone that's listening what movie it was that you did it it's the equalizer. That's the first thing that I did, and that kind of got
0: me into acting. That's cool. Yeah. So um, we're with Serge Dodenko. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, Serge is one of our DMs in our Boston West office, and he's 500-plus career installs, um, a few different companies. Uh, he's uh, bumped around a little bit and had the majority of those installs with us on two separate occasions. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, how you uh, how you started with us, how you left, how you came back, all that good stuff. But um, one of the things that's always impressed me with Serge is he's multi-talented. Um, you act, you rap, you obviously can sell. Um, you just are always seem to be involved in things um, just like personal hobbies. Is that by design or is it just – you have a short span of attention and you're always just thinking of new stuff to keep yourself entertained.
1: It's a little bit of both. Um, But yeah, I I definitely just have a lot of hobbies that, that I feel like they're a a essential part of me. Like you can't just get one side of me. You have to get all of it. Yeah. And um, the reason why I'm in sales or haven't been able to leave sales is because it's allowed me to pursue those things. Like, you know, it, it looks like hobbies, but to me, I consider them like, my life you know like my goals and to be able to see success in those side ventures and
0: also see financial success at the same time so give us a little bit of background on like your acting career because you've done a lot of stuff so for everyone listening kind of this isn't just like a little hobby like you've really pursued this and it's something that you've actually like really put time effort invested into give the audience a little bit of like your background of the acting stuff
1: yeah, it's, um, it's a real thing. I've been on some pretty cool shows. I've been in some movies and uh, speaking roles, too. I've worked with Bruce Willis. I've worked with Denzel. I've worked with um, M. Night Shyamalan, who directed The Sixth Sense, 50 Cent. Um, a lot of people, Joe Sakura, Amari Hardwick. Um, I was recently on the show Power, which is one of my favorite shows. It's the only thing that I've ever been on that I've been a fan on a fan of before you were on it before i was on it yeah i was like what i couldn't believe that i was what else have you been on i was on the movie glass i was on the show blacklist uh i was on the show blind spot these are nbc shows yeah um blacklist is still is still going that's they're on like season 10 million something like that um and I'm working on a project right now that I would love to talk about. I can't. I've been working. This is my third year working on it. Oh really? It's, it's gonna be so damn sick. Really? When you hear about it. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's real
0: cool. Is it gonna be one of those ones where we're like, I know that guy. I think so. Really? I think it's big. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, good work, man. For sure. Um, no, it's been it's been awesome kind of watching you do that stuff. And I think this job has obviously allowed you the freedom and flexibility to kind of pursue some of that other stuff, but still make a really good living um what about your rap career let's hear about the rap career yeah
1: i've i've always so my dad's a musician my okay. dad's a musician so my dad actually makes beats and does that, he really that's that selling solar song my dad made the beat really yeah <laughs>
0: oh yeah we got to get the selling solar song on the podcast you that'll sh- be dope
1: you should there's like no swears in it i did it on purpose <laughs> just in case this would happen yeah um but yeah, he made the beat. So I used to, I had like a, a little buzz going in, in in Boston, like around 2011. So I've opened up for um, Mac Miller, uh, Big Sean, Fabulous, J Cole. So we used to do big shows. We had a little bit of a buzz going. Nothing crazy. Um, put a lot of time into it. Wasn't really seeing much results. And then, um, and that led into acting because people have always. I never even really wanted to act. People have been telling me, "Dude, you should be an actor." I was like, "No." I'm a rapper, man. Take me serious.
0: You
1: know? <laughs> uh, and next thing you know, I was in the equalizer. And then I started pursuing that, took a break. And now rap is just like the um, main reason why I stopped making music was just like finances. It's expensive. Studio, oh, really? Yeah, studio time, recording. It's very difficult to get a return mm-hmm. in rap. And then what's crazy is as I, seen, as I saw success in Vivant, as I started getting like big backends, that was the first time in many years that I was like, oh, man. I can set up a home studio now. I can just have that. Yeah. And like there's no pressure. I love making music. I will never stop, yeah. you know? So now I can come home and like if I have something on my mind, I can just lay it down and and that's the only reason why I still make music. And mm-hmm. um it's a big reason why I still make
0: music is solar. Um and I'll never stop. So, mm. yeah. Um you go by Rich Capyar. That's your rap name rich caviar rich caviar. <laughs> so if they're looking for you on spotify apple music whatever they can find you rich caviar right yeah r-i-c-h-c-a-v-i-a-r I, like I like it well um some of my favorite moments um over the years working with you aside from your work achievements is um in the new england region whenever they do their big league conferences a lot of times they'll have like talent shows rap battles like they'll do these sort of like things to get the reps out kind of performing in front of the whole group that have kind of hit these hidden talents and uh you've won the rap battle right Tuz battles Multiple <laughs> battles. How many ba- How many rap battles have we won? There? I
1: won two. I lost one to Bryce. Big shout outs to Bryce. I lost one. It was I think it was in D.C. or Maryland. Where, uh, Eric Thomas. Was oh yeah, there. the Eric yeah. Thomas one. Yeah, he beat me in that one, but it's all good.
0: We're two one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won two rap, and these are just improv rap battles. Yeah the f- the first one
1: was the second one was, and then the third one, the one that was in uh, you
0: knew it was common, So there's a little premeditative. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the one with the, uh, the infamous. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of my best worst ideas. I think <laughs> I've had. I've had a lot of really good bad ideas. So some hit, some don't. I mean, it just is what it is. It is what it is. The only reason that I am
1: able to act is because of door to door. I don't have any former schooling. I don't have any. Um, Training, you know, I have taken acting uh, like one-on-one. Once I once I booked a gig, I'm like, I should probably do some one-on-one stuff to just to touch up my my skills. But everything comes from the doors. Door-to-door is a hundred percent acting. Every customer is different. Every situation is different. You're dealing with old ladies. You're dealing with like angry customers. You're dealing with high-energy customers. You you have to adapt to those situations. You have to stick to your script. Then you have to Improv a little bit. You have to build rapport. It's it's acting one on one. And I've tried to get so many actors, you know, like from auditions, <clears throat> to, you know, to to go into door to door, and uh, and to see them not want to do it almost makes me feel like I don't know if you're gonna be a successful actor. Mm. And I do think acting is harder than door to door because now you're like a character and you're in a moment. And you have to stay there. But but yeah. this is my schooling. This is year sixteen for me. Mm. in the streets and a lot of times it's weird like if i have an acting gig coming up or if i have an audition coming up or a speaking engagement coming up i want to make sure i got some doors in i want to make sure i got some good days in the field in, because that like warms me up and makes me feel more comfortable in like a a social setting really so not just acting but but everything door to door because it keeps you
0: sharp oh yeah right yeah i mean it's like you have to be on your a game going door to door especially to be successful like you are so for sure 100% Hmm. how you took you gave a training um years ago out in western mass at a conference i don't know if you remember this or not but you talked about this experience i think you were on the blacklist where you talked about um coming through and like shooting someone i can't remember exactly how it went and i'm trying i should have we should have talked about this before we started the interview so it would refresh your memory but um do you remember that training? No. You don't remember it?
1: Uh if you if you tell me like what's what's specific. I'm scenario. trying to remember. And you
0: you talked about um how you had like been working for this for a long time and then you ended up like failing at something. I can't remember. Oh,
1: I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So so I did the equalizer.
0: Yep. And that
1: was like I was an extra in the equalizer. Yep. And that was my first ever acting experience. It was like boom, gun, Denzel. And I told myself right then and there, I'm like I have to top
0: this. this't be this can't be the hype, right you know? like you it was almost like a drug. you needed the next one fast, and it needed to be better. Oh, yeah, it's still like that. Uh,
1: but but yeah, so I was lucky enough to land an agent after that. so I started going on these big auditions in New York City, and all the while you know working my door-to-door career, being a DM managing a team, I was basically going to New York City almost once a week mm. for an audition, and uh, I did a training it was on rejection. So it was four years of rejection. I was basically driving to New York City for four years from only. Boston, four four hour,
0: four hour drive. Yeah, and they don't know that I live in Boston
1: because if you have so to, they're
0: just that they're just thinking that you're like local and they can just like have you there on a whim, but you at four hour each way drive down there for you.
1: Yeah, and the way New York and LA operate is it's it could be 7 p.m today right now. Hey, we need you in the office tomorrow at 10 a.m. Well, perfect. I mean, this guy must live in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, it'll be okay. So, like, one of the biggest keys to being an actor is when they say jump, you have to. Yeah, you got to be available. You got to be available. Mm -hmm. So I somehow made that happen. And um, so I would get in my car, like, 5, 6 a.m., hit an audition at 11 a.m., five-minute audition, get back in my car, and sometimes get back to the field by, like, 4 or 5 p.m. and knock a little bit. So as an actor, you don't have a lot of wins. You know, you don't have a lot of. Your only successes are what, what you see on screen. Um, but as an actor, one of the biggest wins for you is called a callback. And a callback is when you just, you did an audition, and then you get an email back, like, saying that they want to see you again. And that that's huge because, A, it validates the fact that you're a good actor. And um, it usually means that you're one of, like, two or three people that they're considering for this this role. So it's like, holy crap, you know? Um so, I, I got an audition for a feature film. It was like the lead role. And uh, for the first time in four years, something gave. And I got a call back. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I freaking made it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I got this email and I'm reading through it and I'm like, like shaking when it comes to as, as far as how excited I was.
0: Yeah, it was like he just got accepted to like Harvard or something. Like, you yeah. were just like, what? Like, you got your big break. Mind-blowing. Four years in the making. Right, right. Yep. So so I get in my car, and, uh, and I'm driving to New York City. Hold on. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. again, to recap, yeah. four years of driving to New York just at your on call, just driving to New York from Boston once a week for all these auditions, never getting a single sniff, and all of a sudden you get an email, hey, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got the call back.
1: And yep. uh, again, door to door, like I deal with rejection on a daily basis. Most actors quit because they can't handle the rejection. I mean, four years. Imagine what your family is going to tell you if they find out that you've been driving to New York City for four years, yeah. every single week. Like That's like, sir,
0: how's work going? <laughs> like I've been driving New York for four years, got nothing. Yeah. I haven't made a penny. And then it's, like, your confidence. Like, are you a good actor? No, man. You suck, dude. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like give it up, dude. Like, give up, man. Like, four years of of no. You've been chasing the same girl for four years, dude. She's (laughs) she's not that into you, man. Stage five clinger to the max. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know? So, um... So, yes, yeah, so I get this call back and I read through it. I remember I read through it real fast and they were like, We want you to meet with the director. I'm like, mm. Oh my God. I'm not reading for the casting directors. I'm reading for the director. And um, so I get in my car, I drive up. And I remember like, I used to hate the commute to New York. And something happened to me like maybe a couple years in where it became like real spiritual to me. It became like therapeutic almost. Super therapeutic. Yeah. Like, I'd listen to different podcasts, I'd kind of like, feel one with the universe it was just always like a lot of gratitude you know just felt real good this one was particularly special because i'm like i'm like talking to god i'm like thank you thank you i made
0: it (laughs) you (laughs) weren't just praying you were screaming
1: yeah (laughs) i was like yes this is like what i've wanted my whole life man you know So, so pumped so pumped so i get into this audition they're holding on i walk into the office and they're like, Serge, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, What do you mean? And they're like, and They're like, What, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for the the callback. And they're like, Oh, oh, you didn't read the email. The callback's next Wednesday. And so my dumbass was so excited that I didn't even read the date. Like I thought it was, I thought it was like the following Wednesdays. <laughs> so. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, oh, oh shoot, I was just in the area, you know. uh, I figured Figured I'd I'd come check in. I figured I'd come check in. Just seeing
0: how the troops are doing, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, again, they don't know I live in Boston, so I just (laughs) just
1: drove up from from Boston for no reason at all. Um, And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. It's all good. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. My bad. I'll be back next Wednesday, you know. (laughs) So I came back next Wednesday, did the audition, met with the director. Um, He gave me a compliment and i never got the role you know and that was just after 4 years of like damn and at that point is it's a crossroads of like should i just stop you know i definitely i felt a lot of failure in that moment but um i just i had to keep on chasing it and eventually that was that was the year that i came back to vivent that happened that same year and then i finished that year my first year with vivent i remember it was literally december 11th 2016 after a year of just going hard Mm -hmm. i got a call back for the blacklist and they hired me and that was my first ever speaking role and acting is a a ladder for sure you need to get a speaking role before they consider you for bigger speaking roles Mm. so yeah you graduate from like hey hey look at you over there to like multiple lines you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you get one you're counting words
0: man like you see the script and you're counting how many words you just got basically so how I've, many times do you practice like a line like if you have one line in a show one line in a movie how many you practice that line a thousand different ways
1: oh yeah i uh i literally because Cause I was nervous. Like it's your first, your first ever acting gig, so you want to make sure it's like the perfect the one line, and that you're in character, and you're that you're in the present moment. That's that's the key to acting is just being in the moment, and also being able to respond to your environment. Like if you say something to me, I gotta like, you know, like look, like I'm actually listening to you. I can't just be like, oh, where's my line? My line's about to come. Here's my line. Here it is. You know, you need to
0: actually, you don't can't think the line. You have to just live like a like a person yeah you can't you can't feel like you're just reading a teleprompter and i think i actually think to kind of relate this to to sales especially when you're first actually even like for someone that's been in it for a long time like i found that there was times even like like years into my career where i wasn't present and i would just be like reciting a door pitch at a door And it was almost like an outer body experience like my mind was just like muscle memory just saying the right words and i'd be thinking about something completely different and i obviously wouldn't get those sales you know what i mean like because the customer can just sense that you're not there or like you're not into it or your heart's not in it they just they just sense it
1: a hundred percent like it's intention and and in order to have good intention you have to be present so a lot of the things that I do when I practice lines is I'll have like music blaring I'll be clapping my hands sometimes I'll, I'll look at people walking down the street mm. so my attention can go to them while i ha- while I'm reading these lines just to make sure that I have this ingrained in me wow because you got if, if your door pitch is so good like you can I can literally be you know like if toast was in here or babies are crying we're, that's that's nothing to yeah. an experienced sales rep we, that's almost every house yeah is distractions and yelling something and door slamming and like mom
0: mom, you know like <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you really have your i encourage reps to practice their pitch with like music playing or like clapping your hands you know just
0: throw yourself off because you're gonna get thrown off you're like the it's like the bill belichick uh, of like you know he would like when it's rainy outside he'll like take all the balls like before tom brady would like show up to practice He would, there's stories of him like taking all the, telling the coaches to like take all the balls out and just roll them in mud all day. And then Brady would get to the field and be like ready to start throwing. And there'd be a bunch of like wet, cold, muddy balls. And he'd be like, Yeah, this is what you're throwing with today. Like that's going to happen in a game. So like we got to figure it out, you know? Exactly. You never know. And you got to be ready for that. So yeah, that's crazy. So when you started door to door, um, I know you started doing cable years ago, Mm -hmm. right? Comcast. What year was that? That was two thousand seven. It was like January first, two thousand seven. January one, twenty oh seven. Okay, and then when did you start Solar? Mm, two thousand thirteen.
1: I was on like the first Solar City team, and uh, so many like current OGs were in that office with me. We got GP, Danny, Tiago, Felipe, uh, the McCarthy brothers. Um, so many more people were all on that original like yeah. five to ten people. Yeah. And that's when we started. But I kind of dabbled because I still had my cable team. And I was like, you know, I didn't really see much success with solar
0: to begin with. It was real difficult to get glass on roof mm. in those times. Mm. Yeah, that um, those were fun times back in that day. I remember those guys, uh, some of the leadership worked with me on our team at Vivint Solar. And then Solar City opened up their team and they picked off a couple of our of our guys to go start up that team or whatever yep. yeah so it was that. almost like it was almost like um this group of alarm sales guys that uh had been in doing door-to-door home security systems for years we all transitioned to this new industry and then as the big players started you know opening their companies or whatever like everyone was kind of like picking sides kind of thing and it was like i remember those days in boston Um, in that 2012, 2013, 14, 15 era, Solar City and Vivant Solar. Um, I know obviously we're Sunrun now, but uh, back in those days, it was almost like gang wars because it was like everyone kind of knew each other, but it was like very intense and very competitive. Do you have any like memory of that, like stories of those times where you were like, Man, like Vivant Solar, like when you were at Solar City, was it like did it feel that way with you guys? I mean. It's kind of like that now, <laughs> you know.
1: We still have other guys from other companies, and mm-hmm. people will say that we're the worst or they're the worst. And um, I feel like that hasn't changed too much. But yeah, I've been feeling that ever since I got into sales. Ever since I got into solar, really, it's way yeah. more, it's way more
0: uh, gang. It's a little (laughs) cutthroat. Yeah, it's a cut. Well, it's because you see a competitor out in your neighborhood walking around. You're like, this is my turf, man. Like, this is my area that you've been working for weeks or months or whatever. So. You can't help but feel a little perk gang. Relating it to gangs is probably not the right way to do it. but uh, It's just it's, an analogy. <laughs> it's just an analogy. You yeah. get competitive with yeah. your in protective of area that you've been working with and protective of customers that you've been talking to that you haven't sold yet or whatever. Right. So uh, what company did you start with? Solar I, City. Yeah. Then you went to where? Then I went to... Revolution. We yeah.
1: Revolution. I was with One Roof Energy for a little bit. Okay now out of business oob oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and then you then we found you yep and then you guys found me and it's weird because i had my own i had a cable team i had my own office yep brick and mortar I, remember. I was paying rent
0: on in Concord, mass i had a little little cable team i remember and i had a, a i remember meeting with you out in, in our boston west office in yeah. an office yep right you had your jeep Yep. And I, uh yep. You were doing like a um like a Regis office with cable, right? That's exactly what it was, Regis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was I was out there and I had some
1: weird deal with this vendor that I was working for as a side gig that if I found recruits for Vivint Solar that they'd pay us like 2 or 3,000 dollars a head. Right. And I somehow was able to get you guys like Couple six it, yeah. six people or something like that <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and we're just like, "Well, we're making money just submitted names (laughs) (laughs) yeah the deal i mean i don't want to get too much into the deal but basically we had a big um a a big player in the cable world that was living out of pittsburgh and we weren't selling solar there but he had this massive network and Comcast, comcast had something where they weren't like bringing on new dealers like i can't remember exactly what it was but basically we got to deal with him and we were like hey if you have guys that you want to feed to us like we'll give you like a recruiting you know spiff or whatever at the time so Mm -hmm. i think he was like passing that along to you know to some of those guys right right that's what we were doing and then
1: you i think you reached out to me to, to like meet with me and like i thought we were gonna like figure out how we're gonna take this recruiting thing to like the next level and you guys ended up recruiting me i'm like i'm sitting there like and, and it was great like you guys were showing me w2s and i was i was definitely like blown away i'm like what you can make this much money in solar my jeep is orange like <laughs> the stars like, are lining up this, man this is crazy but it took me a good year and i think what what it was was you texted me like in it, or i texted you i was like adam what's up and you were like yo i saw the equalizer <laughs> it was like that initial text and then next thing you know i i started i was a rep boston north And there you go, 2016. It was literally January 1st, 2016,
0: Yeah, I started. So a couple years into it, um, we promote you to become a DM. And then I think your acting thing, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is your acting thing was really starting to chew up a lot of your time. And also it was something that you were really passionate about pursuing. And the time commitment that I was kind of, demanding from a dm perspective and other stuff like it was just not aligning with your passion and you wanted to pursue this acting thing so then a, a competitor comes along and says hey we'll put you in a role where you have a lot more flexibility you don't have to be accountable like you can just kind of do your thing you know we'll still pay you well whatever seemed like a good fit yeah so yeah. you go do that for a couple of years yep then you come back what what led you to coming back Well, I'll tell you, the
1: the main reason why I left was because I'd I'd been knocking doors for 12 years at that point, Mm -hmm. 12 years straight, you know, just every, you know, season, winter, all that stuff. And this was the first time in my life that I was presented the opportunity to not knock doors. Mm. You know, it's and once you first get into the doors, I bet, you know, most people are thinking like, oh, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life or I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And here I am 12 years later, Like this is like all I know. So I just thought it was nice to, to not have to do that. You know, I thought it was kind of cool that I was offered that opportunity. Um, but I came back for so many reasons. And one of the biggest reasons is that nothing in this life that's been given to me or handed to me has really been worthwhile. And that's not based on the opportunity. That's just that's just based on like my DNA. Like if I haven't earned something, I just feel like it's not worth it. Yeah. Um I was at a good company, they treated me well, but I felt like that just was not my story. I felt like I had lost my my grind. I had lost my my hustle and the way that i operate is the the hard way is the easy way it's not the other way around it's never that so i wanted to come back to the trenches i wanted to come back to the doors i do love the doors i don't mind doing this for the next 10 years if i have to um door to door is not what it was back then it's 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 cool now like we're doing podcasts there's like conventions <laughs> on this like right? yeah. we're all on social media like yeah we're in the field look at my nike gear we're sponsored by <laughs> nike Lululemon, (laughs) you know, like door to door is different now. It's it's actually the mentality has shifted. I used to be embarrassed to tell people that I do doors. Now I'm like super proud. Like I I want you to know. I want other people to know. Um, so I came back because of that. I came back because um of the the resources here. You know, we just have we just have so many successful people doing big things, big numbers. And, uh, I just, I, I'm a good follower, man. Like I appreciate anyone that's ever told me that they take advice from me or that they looked up to me, but at the end of the day, I'm just a good follower. Mm. And this is, this place has the most amount of people for me to follow and learn from. And I still feel like I have a lot to learn. Um, and then the resources, you know, we got people successful in, in real estate. We got guys with franchises, cookie businesses, um, you know, Stock advice. I work with GP. Like I'm, I'm lucky to work with the people I work with. I'm lucky to work with the DMs that I work with. Um, so many genius like literally genius level minds that I work with. Yourself included. Um, and it feels good. And I've been doing door to door for 16 years. And uh, one thing that I've like kind of prided myself on is that I've always been with the best, like the the best company. Uh, you know, I kind of compare this to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I think I told you this before, but so Snoop is like. He's been rapping for like, well, like 20, 30 years. But mm-hmm. if you look back at his history, like he was with this record label. He was with Death Row Records. Death Row Records fell. He went to No Limit Records, No Limit Records. Then he went to Pharrell. Like he's he's just always found a way to keep himself relevant because he's surrounded himself with the best people in the game. And he continues to do so in 2022. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's relevant. Um, you know, Sunrun is the biggest company. They're... They got a lot going on. They got a lot of great resources. I just I wanted to be a part of this bigger picture.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then another reason why I came is just to be totally honest, is that uh one of the things that I never really knew brings me gratitude is to to find someone, like to find someone with a limited mind state, maybe like an Uber driver or someone that is in a career and they think that this is uh that's what their life's gonna be like, and to show them that they're capable of more and then to see them Achieve much more, and to see success in the doors, and to realize that they can create like financial freedom for themselves, and just to change their outlook on life. To find people like that and offer that opportunity, I I didn't really do that a lot my first time at at Vivint. I was just kind of the rabbit. I was just killing it. I didn't recruit a lot. Yeah. At the other company I was at, one of my roles was recruiting, and I recruited a ton, and I got really good at it. And I got super excited to um when I came here. I'm like, oh man, like I'm so sold I'm so like bought into Sunrun right now that I know I'm gonna recruit like crazy because this is just nuts yeah so that's something I'm still working on I'm still trying to to recruit people I have recruited a ton of people now I just want to see uh
0: you know these people succeed and that brings me a lot of gratitude so I'm excited that's awesome yeah well since you've come back I mean obviously you've done amazing um you started back with us in mid-August of 21 yep and you immediately went on a vacation that you had pre-planned i remember uh we were recruiting you back and, and he was like hey i'm coming back but i just want to be up front with you i have two vacations i've already paid for already booked yeah and i was like all right we can handle that and then so really you had about 30 days before fourth quarter started um to kind of get some you know accounts kind of rolling in the pipeline and then in Q4, you hit franchise. Yep. You hit, what, 25 on the dot or 26? I can't remember exactly. Just
1: 25 on,
0: 25 on, on the, the dot.
1: dot, praying to God. Getting so the last uh, <laughs> act
0: of Congress, I think, on, like, the 29th of December, something like that, to get your final install in. Um, but first quarter back with us basically hit franchise. Then you're on pace to do it again, Q1 kind of yeah slow down a a hair maybe
1: yeah my no my um i've been selling a lot um it's my q1's gonna be great yeah for
0: sure um q2 i want to do more than 25 so yeah yeah no it's been been really intense since you came back and i think um one of the things that i was really hoping you were going to be able to do when you came back and we have this isn't just unique to boston west but there's a lot of younger single guys that work for the company that are in their twenties, maybe even early thirties. You're what? 33, 34, 35. five, 35. Yeah. And, um, and there's a lot of young single guys that work for the company that I think really struggle with kind of that work, uh, personal balance in their life where they want to go out and kind of party or, you know, go out on the weekends, they go out on Friday nights and it affects their Saturday work production things like that. And you seem to have this the discipline to have the balance in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was really hoping you were going to be able to kind of show a lot of these guys that you work with in Boston West and, and and not just there but you know around you know New England and even the East Coast and the company. So what's kind of your approach to that? What's your approach to your work schedule as a single guy? that you know you have all the opportunities to go out and party on the weekends and you have a ton of friends and you have a big social network and you're always being pulled to go do stuff that could potentially affect your ability to be productive at work.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I'm definitely motivated by the opportunity first and foremost. That's that's the most important thing is I I was able to sit down with you guys, when I first met you and I asked you, what do I have to do to make the money that you're making? You told me what it was and you worked backwards from there. So I've always said in in trainings that I've done in the past that you need to make this job your number one problem. Like this this needs to be the number one problem in your life. Make sure that you've perfect because the job, until once you start this job, this job is a problem and you need to fix it and you need to figure out how you're going to solve this problem, how you're going to work it in. And then you got everything else. You got groceries, you got car needs to be fixed, you got parties on the weekend, you got dinners, you got kids, you got families, you got friends. Those are also problems. But I've always said that you need to make sure that you handle this. Like I I rather I rather make sure that I'm succeeding in my job and it's okay if I like you know, if I've fallen behind on my bills a little bit, or if I haven't done grocery shopping this week, or if I've been eating out all week, for me, I've always made sure to stick to this schedule. Like, I don't know how to do franchise and not work six days. There, there is no other way. I talked to reps uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. I'm like, dude, like, is there anything else? I was talking to Cam Catmull on IG. I'm like, dude, what, what else is there? Because I know he commutes the turf. As far as I do, like I drive an hour and a half to get to my turf each way each day, 150 to 180 miles. So, like, my time is limited as is. So, I just wanted to know if there was something else I could do. And without a six-day schedule, I can't, I can't function. I can't be successful. You're not going to respect me. I'm not going to be a leader. So, given that I've committed to that schedule, I then work backwards and I say, oh well, I can go out on Saturdays. I can go out. To the club and and have the most lit night <laughs> in the world. Recover on Sunday. Um, I can go to the gym in the mornings. I can go to to a dinner on a date on a Tuesday on a Wednesday. I can go to I can go on dates any any day. <laughs> you know. Um, I think it's important to. I've always said commit to this job. I like to call it a prison mentality. I treat it as like a prison sentence where you don't have a choice but to work six days a week for fifty two weeks. You have to start at 10 a.m., you have to finish at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., you have to work on Saturdays, and you don't have a choice. If you, if you mess up once, then we're going to increase your sentence, or there's going to be some serious re- repercussions. But it's just you, you, you got to figure out what it takes to accomplish the goal that you want here, and then work backwards. Work everything else in to your schedule. You need to work around this job because this is the number one problem for me. This is my number one moneymaker, and it's, it just takes first place
0: yeah yeah I've noticed you always go really hard in competitions like the, the company puts on. yeah. what is it about the company's competitions that you love? And um, do you feel like the competitions, obviously, you know you're competitive and you want to win them, but mm-hmm. what are like the the unintended consequences or benefits of of going hard on the competitions? Like if you had to sell your average sales rep in the company, hey, Here's the reasons why you should really buy into competitions. What would it be? It's because if you buy into
1: the competitions, so I use the competitions to to basically make sure that I have a good quarter with a lot of installs. That's all it is. At the end of the day, the name of the game is installs. And competitions are tools that the company provides to ensure that you have a good quarter. Uh, if it wasn't, I mean, the stars aligned. Every time, I, every time I've come back here or worked here, it's like the stars always somehow aligned, but I started right in the middle of the bigs, you know? And I did not think I was gonna go as hard. I didn't think I was gonna give you the output that that you got, but it was the bigs, it was the bigs, all kinds of promotions, and like, we need to win, and Boston West won two years in a row. Are we gonna lose the third year? Like, I couldn't let that happen. It was perfect timing. Yeah. And then, you know, the Combine, I used the bigs, and I used the Combine record. <laughs> asterisk um i i just used that to fuel my performance for the bigs which would you know allow us to help help me to help our team win the bigs and to ensure that i um hit 25 installs yeah you know so i look at all competitions now i want to win all of them like i don't need it i just want a segue like i don't need a segue i don't (laughs) i'm probably never going to use the thing but i used it so that you could put my name up on on league tv so that you could put it on the um on the uh, the bloodline calls mm. you know i i like those things I, i've learned that in this job you, if you go hard in one week you can you can change your whole outlook on this job because you're gonna get recognized next week mm-hmm. and it feels real good and if you have two good weeks all of a sudden everyone in the office is coming up to you and saying what the heck are you doing and you yeah. feel like you feel like, wow, I can make a million dollars now. And it's true, you can. So these um these contests and whatnot, they uh they they definitely push me. They push me and I and I use them as a tool. I like all of them. I want all the hats, I want all the swag, I want it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um you sent me a text um probably a month or so ago. And it was kind of like your punch list of goals you had when you came back and started working with us. And um, I know that there's a bit of controversy with your combine because you'd worked yeah. you'd worked for us in the past. You'd been a DM years ago. It had been what four years since you'd worked for us. Yeah. Uh, you took a four year hiatus. Yeah. So um, you qualified to be in the combine because the combine didn't exist when you worked for us previously, mm-hmm. um, and you broke the combine record. But yeah, baby, but uh, <laughs> we're the company we agreed as the leadership. We're like you know, Serge. Um, there's a bit of an asterisk, and uh, <laughs> uh, we're not officially recognizing you as having the combine record because of your previous experience. Man. So it is what it is. So listen, I
1: got 57 welcome yeah, 57 calls welcome calls in this combine, and I went to Russia for one week. As well, so we did it in fifty-three days. Yeah, um, the so listen, it's all good. Asterisk all day. I will, I will take the asterisk. The only thing that that I ask for is there's gonna be new hires that have solar experience. So it's almost like we should say, hey, if you enter the combine, must not have any solar yeah. experience. I think we're talking yeah.
0: about doing kind of like an experience rep type combine recognition and then like a brand new to door to door combine recognition something like that so right i think we we get it
1: but but i was very happy to to you know to use that to fuel me because if it wasn't for me trying to beat that i don't think i would have done as as good in the bigs my goal was combine record individual bigs win the bigs
0: franchise and i did all those things so goal was set the new combine record yep asterisk but you did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh win the bigs with boston west Yep, individual and then win the individual so the top scoring performer in the bigs which you which you did won yeah. your switzerland trip and then hit franchise in q4 yeah did all four of them yeah that's pretty great uh it's pretty solid four months and
1: then the other thing is, you know, my, my past and whatnot, like I just wanted you guys to think I was the real deal.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think you had a little bit of, ch- uh, you had a little bit of, to prove, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, um, it was kind of cool because when you came back, I brought you back as a DM, um, which, uh, upset the apple card a little bit because, you know, there's some up and comers that obviously had been working hard and. And, you know, hopefully their time will come at some point. But um, I said, look, this is a guy you can learn from. I know him. He's good. He's going to perform. He's going to crush it. He's going to add a ton of value to your team. And I don't think anyone has any doubts now. You know, like you came in and you did exactly what we were hoping you were going to do. So so um, huge quarter and huge uh, success so far in Q1 too. So we're looking forward to see what twenty two, you know, 2022 brings. I wanna sure. change gears just a little bit before we wrap up. Um so uh hopefully by the time this podcast airs, which will be in the next couple of weeks, uh the the war the war with Russia and Ukraine will be over. Um, you know, maybe it'll who knows how well that comment will age. It could be we could be in the thick of it still, or it could be over by the time this thing airs in a couple of weeks. But hopefully it's over. You um are Russian. Um, I know you have family in Ukraine, you have family over there still, your dad obviously has really close ties to Ukraine and, you know, just your whole family. Um, Can you share just with um, everyone listening, just kind of your perspective on what's going on and then maybe just how it's affected your view on, you know, even just like your gratitude toward kind of what you have here?
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, so I'm half Russian, half Ukrainian. Dedenko is my last name. That's a Ukrainian last name. Um, all of my family in the USA, it, well, everyone from Russia is in the USA, and then I got just a ton of family. My my dad's whole side is in the Ukraine right now. Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, we're on the phone with them every day. I got family legit uh, hiding out in basements and stuff, and they're like hearing, you know, explosions and all kinds of sounds and they're scared you know what i mean like they're scared to go to the grocery store and stuff um i got a brother out there i got a half brother i don't i'm an only child i grew up in the u.s by myself but i always have a half brother and we uh we connect sometimes on facebook um i got a niece i got an uncle i got cousins i got a lot of people that i'm in touch with thanks to you know facebook and we've always kept a good relationship with them but uh it's just it's really, really scary. You know, I don't I don't pick sides um politically. I just I just want peace. I just hope this ends. And um it's just it's really crazy to be in the US and to you know, to have the opportunities that, that I have and, you know, to not be out there. I mean, even before the war, it's like, you know, people are making two hundred dollars a month, you know what I mean? That's like that's yeah. how you survive. So um so it's it's hard um but we're just everyone's staying positive you know what i mean i have a lot yeah. of ukrainian friends i was just at like a, a russian bathhouse on sunday with a bunch of straight ukrainian dudes and we're just cracking jokes just just like you know what i mean like what, what else can we do yeah we're here um i have some buddies that have like moving truck companies and they were sending out like supplies and band-aids and all kinds of stuff like that mm. um so just
0: really just trying to stay positive you know yeah. It's a crazy time. Do you think that the immigrant mentality, um, you know, I know obviously your parents came over, were you, were you born in Russia or were you born in the States, Moscow, Yeah, Mo- you were born in Moscow. Yeah. Do you think that immigrant mentality, um, has a huge impact on your success with your career? Like, does that, is that the main driver of your work ethic? Like you see what your parents had to sacrifice to come to the U S you see, the circumstances that your family is still dealing with back in ukraine and russia and that is like a huge driver in terms of just your your this why that you have yeah that would be the biggest
1: chip on my shoulder is me being an immigrant and uh coming from where we come from um, i mean you know we came from communist russia you know i moved here when i was five and uh you know like I come from a loving family, two parents, and uh, they are definitely like my biggest driving force because they had to sacrifice everything for, um, mainly just, I guess, for me to be successful. That's how I look at it. So mm-hmm. so I think about that all day, every single day, <clears throat> you know? And um, I'm very aware and very present of the opportunities that that we have here and you know i also kind of messed up as a little kid i didn't do that great in school and um you know i wasted a lot of time yeah and and time moves
0: fast as you get a little older so so yeah now that you're now you have more perspective you're like if you catch yourself wasting time or not being productive you're like man my like my parents didn't do all that so i could do this like they did all that so i could be successful and have this opportunity and take advantage of it instead of just wasting it
1: yeah and i honestly
0: feel like the older i get the hungrier i get mm. so yeah <laughs> i'll never stop surge let's hear some bars from uh selling solar oh man
1: i don't have it memorized oh shoot the only one i got is
0: i'm selling solar <laughs> <laughs> hey man it was good having you on um anything that you want to uh anyone you want to give shout outs or anything you want to say to everyone before we wrap up you know shout out to boston
1: west man the west is the best you know there's no (laughs) there's no rhyme or reason but there's a a a reason to the rhyme all right west is the best shout out to my office i got the best team got the best dms richard howell love him gp straight up he's the he's like the buddha of solar to me because he's reached this new level now where he's He's just know, knows the answer to everything, and he's killing it. Yeah, Greg with, Penn. Yeah, Greg Penn's one of my best friends. We've been uh, in sales since, like, 2008 together at multiple companies. Um, Ariana, love working with her. Um, Ronnie, incredible dude. Uh, Danny, obviously, we all have a history. And then all the all the guys, just, you know, too many names if I forgot to mention anyone, but I got the best team. I got the best turf, in my opinion. I'm just so happy to have found this opportunity so happy to be back i still have so much more to do um and i'm
0: just excited to continue doing it so yeah awesome stuff man well thanks for being on and uh everyone thanks for listening to another episode of electric people
1: outro music If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, just DM us on Instagram and one of us will reach out about how to join this dynamic opportunity.
0: You want to come be a part of the best sales team, solar team in the industry? Hit us up. Sunrun.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.